2: a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team.
1: Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden delivered the State of the Union address, the earthquake death toll in Turkey has risen past 20,000, and New Jersey Councilman Russell Heller was shot. Here's your National News Recap for the week of February 5th. President Biden delivered his second State of the Union address Tuesday. Biden touted healthcare, the economy, and infrastructure as his main points of optimism. He spent little time on China, immigration, and the opioid epidemic. Many Americans are not happy with the economy, specifically the rising price of groceries, and they were worried over the Chinese spy balloon fiasco. There was back and forth between the president and Republican members of Congress throughout Biden's speech. In the moments after newly inaugurated Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders gave the Republican rebuttal to the president's State of the Union address, California's Democratic governor attacked her on Twitter. Governor Gavin Newsom tweeted, While Huckabee touts public safety, here's what she skips over. Arkansas has one of the highest murder rates in the nation. Now, an Arkansas Democrat is coming to his governor's defense. State Representative Andrew Collins posted a reply to Newsom saying, one, she's been governor for a month. Two, there are drivers of crime like poverty, lack of education, and lack of opportunity that Arkansas needs to fix in order to reduce violent crime. They're generational, and they aren't unique to Arkansas. And three, don't trash my state. A House panel investigating the weaponization of the government is holding its first hearing. The subcommittee was established by the new Republican majority to look into claims the Department of Justice, FBI, and other federal agencies are biased against conservatives. Committee Chair Jim Jordan laid out several instances of FBI whistleblowers describing how the DOJ has targeted Republicans. He said big government and big tech have colluded to shape the narrative and censor Americans. Jordan accused the Department of abusing its surveillance powers. Defense Department officials are briefing lawmakers on the Chinese spy balloon that entered U.S. territory last week. The PRC is DOD's pacing challenge, and the PRC's irresponsible actions were visible for the American public people and all of the world to see. Assistant Secretary of Defense for Homeland Defense and Hemispheric Affairs Melissa Dalton told a Senate committee the balloon moved through the U.S. airspace for a much longer than previous balloons. A similar balloon passed over Hawaii just a year ago. Dalton said officials were tracking the balloon closely as it moved across Alaska and Canada and determined it wasn't a threat to Americans. She said action was taken to protect sensitive military sites. Lawmakers are also receiving a classified briefing on the incident. President Biden is blaming his staff for classified documents discovered at his personal office and home.
0: What was not done well is as they packed up my offices to move them, they didn't do the kind of job that should have been done to go thoroughly through every single piece of literature that's there.
1: Biden also told PBS NewsHour the kind of things they picked up are things from 1974, stray papers. But he did add he doesn't know for sure. The White House is sparring with Republicans over Social Security and Medicare. While speaking to reporters aboard Air Force One, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre insisted Republicans want to target Medicare and Social Security in spending cuts they hope to tie to a debt ceiling increase. It's a claim the President and Democrats have continued to make despite Republicans denying the entitlement programs are at risk. Florida Senator Rick Scott called President Biden a liar for continuing to make the claim. A reporter is facing charges after he was arrested covering a press conference on the recent chemical train derailment in Ohio. News Nation correspondent Evan Lambert was doing a live shot at the press conference Wednesday where Republican Governor Mike DeWine was to provide an update on the dangerous derailment that resulted in evacuations in parts of East Palestine. Lambert was forced to the ground and cuffed by officers, charged with criminal trespass and disorderly conduct. Lambert didn't go into detail about what happened after his release because the charges haven't been dropped. Governor DeWine criticized the arrest, saying he didn't authorize it and it was wrong for a journalist to be told to stop reporting. The man who shot and killed 22 people at a Texas Walmart is pleading guilty to dozens of hate crimes. Defense attorney Joe Spencer says Patrick Cruzius is taking responsibility.
4: He's been wanting to do this It's August 3rd of 2019. We were now, this is the first opportunity we've been able to do it. So we're glad that it was, it was finally done and he's glad that it was finally done. In
1: 2019, Cruzius went to a Walmart in El Paso and confessed to targeting people of Mexican descent during the shooting. He killed 23 people and injured 22 others. On Wednesday, after prosecutors agreed not to seek the death penalty, Cruises pled guilty to 45 various hate crime charges, as well as 45 gun crime violations. He received a prison term of 90 consecutive life sentences. Caresis is a self-described white nationalist who said he targeted El Paso to deter migrants from entering the U.S. For the first time ever, the military flyover during the start of the Super Bowl will have all-female pilots. The historic female flyover will be in honor of the 50 years of women in U.S. naval aviation. The first female aviators were accepted into the Navy in 1973. The Arizona Republic says all the pilots in Sunday's flyovers are well-practiced in flying in formation and will fly over State Farm Stadium during the singing of the national anthem. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news.
3: This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from Reuters. Cold hunger and despair gripped hundreds of thousands of people left homeless after the earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria three days ago as the death toll passed 20,000 on Thursday. The rescue of a two-year-old boy, after 79 hours trapped in the rubble of a collapsed building in Hatay, Turkey, and several other people raised spirits among weary search crews, but hopes were fading that many more would be found alive in the ruins of towns and cities. The death toll across both countries has now surpassed the more than 17,000 killed in 1999 when a similar powerful earthquake hit northeast Turkey. A Turkish official said the disaster posed very serious difficulties for the holding of an election scheduled for May 14th in which President Tayyip Aragon had been expected to face his toughest challenge in two decades in power. With anger simmering over delays in the delivery of aid and getting the rescue effort underway, the disaster is likely to play into the vote if it goes ahead. The first UN convoy carrying aid to stricken Syrians crossed over the border from Turkey. In Syria's Idlib province, Manira Mohammed, a mother of four who fled Aleppo after the quake, said it was all children here and we need heating and supplies. Last night we couldn't sleep because it was so cold. It is very bad. Hundreds of thousands of people in both countries have been left homeless in the middle of winter. Many have camped out in makeshift shelters in supermarket car parks, mosques, roadsides, or amid the ruins, often desperate for food, water, and heat. Some 40% of buildings in the Turkish city of Kamara Moras, epicenter of the tremor, are damaged, according to a preliminary report by Turkey's Baziçi University. And for our second story of today, President Volodymyr Zelensky urged Britain and others on Wednesday to give Ukraine wings for freedom by sending combat aircraft to help turn the tide against Russia's offensive, hoping to overcome Western reluctance to take that step. Western countries have scaled up their pledges of military aid for Ukraine this year with promises of hundreds of tanks, armored vehicles as well as longer range weapons but have so far refused to deliver warplanes britain said nothing was off the table and wanted to start training ukrainian fighter pilots to fly sophisticated nato standard fighter jets in the future it is also investigating which jets london could send and discussing with allies the supply chain needs around such aircraft but with the caveat that this was a long-term action rather than meeting kiev's immediate demands The first step in being able to provide advanced aircrafts is to have soldiers or aviators that are capable of using them. That is a process that takes some time. We've started that process today, Prime Minister Rashid Sunak said alongside Zelensky at an army camp in Dorset, southwest England. Britain also announced an immediate surge of military deliveries to help Ukraine fend off an intensifying Russian offensive. Earlier, Zelensky praised Britain and the West for the support... And the sanctions they have provided so far in an address to lawmakers from across the political spectrum in the Gothic expanse of Parliament's Westminster Hall in London. But offering an Air Force helmet with the message, we have freedom, give us wings to protect it, to the Speaker of the House of Commons, the Lower House of Parliament, since he called on the West to deliver up the fighter jets. I appeal to the you and the world with simple and yet the most important words combat aircraft for Ukraine, Wings for Freedom, alongside Sunak, Zelensky said via an interpreter, They had heard from British leader the desire to provide fighter jets. Sunak's spokesperson said the defense secretary would investigate what jets Britain might be able to give. But to be clear, this is a long-term solution rather than the short-term capability, which is what Ukraine needs most now. In response, news agency TASS cited Russia's embassy to Britain as a warning that any delivery of British fighter jets to Ukraine would have serious military and political ramifications. And for the final story of today, the United States will explore taking action against entities connected to the Chinese military that supported the flight of a Chinese spy balloon into U.S. airspace last week, senior state department official said on Thursday. Washington is confident that the manufacturer of the Chinese balloon shot down by the U.S. military last weekend off the U.S. East Coast has a direct relationship with the People's Liberation Army, PLA, the department official said in a statement. The FBI, which is leading efforts to analyze recovered remains of the balloon, told reporters in a briefing that it had obtained only limited physical evidence did not yet have enough information to access its capabilities. It's very early for us in this process, and the evidence that has been recovered and brought to the FBI is extremely limited, a Bureau official said. FBI officials said they still do not have access to the majority of the balloon's payload, where most of the onboard electronics were likely carried, and that much of it remains underwater. Separately on Thursday, speaking at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing, Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman highlighted the flight of the Chinese balloon as another sign of Beijing's efforts to reshape the international order. Sherman said Washington would continue to block China from using U.S. technology to advance its military monetization. The PRC is the only competitor with the intent and means to reshape the international order, Sherman said, adding that the balloon's violation of U.S. sovereignty and international law was the latest example of that reality. Nevertheless, Sherman said she hoped Washington and Beijing would be able to continue to work together on issues of shared concern, such as climate change at this difficult time. And this was Connor Brown with your international news report.
0: I'm Victoria Baker with your local news. For the second time in a week, a New Jersey council member has been murdered. Russell Heller, a 51-year-old Milford councilman, was shot to death Wednesday morning outside of the PSENG Somerset headquarters in Franklin, where he worked as a supervisor. Police say Gary Curtis, a former co-worker, pulled the trigger and was later found dead on a self-inflicted gunshot in the Bridgewater parking lot. Last week, a 30-year-old Sayreville council member, Eunice Dumforb, was gunned down outside of her home. There have been no arrests in her murder yet. Authorities say these cases are not connected. A 33-year-old Jersey City kindergarten teacher was found dead on Thursday. Luz Hernandez was reported missing on Monday when she did not show up for work, and she was found in a shallow grave. She was a mother of three. Authorities are calling this death suspicious, and they are continuing to investigate. Temple University informed graduate students who participated in a local strike that they will lose their tuition and health care benefits. The school confirmed on Wednesday that teaching assistants and research assistants Assistants who unionized over low pay will be forced to cover the full cost of tuition and have their health covered suspended. The man accused of trying to kill three NYPD officers on New Year's Eve with a machete is pleading not guilty. Trevor Brickford appeared in Manhattan courtroom Wednesday after he was inducted on January 6th on a slew of charges including attempted murder and assault. He also faces terrorism charges for the attack in Times Square. Brookford is due back in court on May 3rd. A Brooklyn woman is being found guilty for poisoning her look-alike and trying to make it seem like a suicide. Victoria Kasserov visited the victim at her Forest Hill home in 2016 and used a sedative laced cheesecake to poison the woman before stealing the 35-year-old's identification and other belongings. The victim fell ill and lost consciousness before being discovered by her friend a day later with pills scattered around her body, almost as though she attempted to kill herself. Kazrov could face up to 25 years in prison after being convicted of attempted murder. 200 students at a Berkeley Township High School staged a walkout on Wednesday after a bullied classmate committed suicide. 14-year-old Adriana Kush took her own life last week, just two days after being beaten in Central Regional High School Hall by four girls wielding a water bottle. Adriana's dad, Michael Kush, says that his daughter was devastated when she saw a video of the attack posted online. He and Adriana's classmates are outraged that the school officials didn't call police and are demanding accountability. Six LGBTQ-themed books are staying put at a New Jersey library. Glen Ridge Public Library trustees convened Wednesday night to decide on another request from the group Citizens Defending Education, which sought a ban on six LGBTQ-themed children's books, calling their content inappropriate. Some 200 residents attended the meeting, which was moved to the high school to accommodate crowds with most opposed to banning the book, whose titles also include All Boys Aren't Blue. It's not the store, this book is gay, and it's perfectly normal. The library's trustees voted unanimously to keep the titles on the shelves. The MTA says full Long Island Railroad services to Grand Central Madison will begin on Monday, February 27th. It gives Long Island commuters the option of taking a train directly to the east side of Manhattan. All 11 branches will be offering services to Grand Central, Madison, and Penn Station. More than 270 trains will be added to the daily schedule with service increasing by more than 40%. Grand Central Madison opened to the public last month with limited services. That was your local news. I'm Victoria Baker.
4: I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Depression is four times as prevalent in adults with autism spectrum disorder compared to the general population. Dr. Kate Gotham, an assistant professor of psychology in the College of Science and Mathematics is studying the underlying pathways to depression in autistic adults in the hopes of using that information to improve interventions for depression tailored to this population. Gotham and her team are focused on two contributors to depression in autistic adults, repetitive thinking and social connectedness. Repetitive thinking is a known trait in autism, and people with depression tend to have negative ruminations. Gotham's lab has also looked at the positive effects of rumination. Undergraduate student researchers found that adults who reported a higher quality of life were more likely to say they savored or ruminated over positive events. Also, people who have repetitive thinking over a special interest, which is another marker of autism, but also engaged in that interest socially had a higher quality of life the period between application and matriculation from when students apply to a university to when they start classes can be especially fraught leading as many as 30 percent nationally to drop out before their college career really ever starts after making a deposit students are expected to complete a long list of tasks which can complicate the transition to college adding undue stress and increasing the likelihood of abandoning the process altogether addressing the scenario which admissions officials refer to as melt Rowan University's division of Strategic Enrollment Management, worked with staff from more than a dozen departments to improve the student onboarding process. Rowan's regimented student intake experience has such great promise that it is earning recognition from the National Association of Student Personnel Administrators. Announced today, the Bronze 2022-2023 NASPA Excellence Award recognizes a groundbreaking student support model during the enrollment process. I'm Dante Valerio. this has been your Rowan News.
1: That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team.
2: This is Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world. Starting with the NBA, let's break down the craziness that has been the NBA trade deadline. Beginning in Brooklyn, New York, two of the league's top stars have been dealt to the Western Conference. Beginning with the Dallas Mavericks of the West, Mark Cuban and the Mavericks made a blockbuster deal to acquire eight-time All-Star and former 2011 number 1 overall pick Kyrie Irving. Irving originally requested a trade last Friday after both sides failed to reach a contract extension that suited Irving's needs. The return for Irving came in the form of Dorian Finney-Smith, former Brooklyn Net Spencer Dinwiddie, along with a 2029 unprotected first-round pick and two future second-round picks. Following Irving's trade to Dallas, all eyes were drawn to the status of his superstar counterpart Kevin Durant. Despite the Nets unwillingness to trade Durant, according to the organization, the calls continued to flood in regarding the 13 time All-Star. With little news surrounding a possible Durant trade, the Phoenix Suns swooped in at just the right time with an offer too good to pass up. At 1 a.m. Thursday morning, the Brooklyn Nets agreed to send Kevin Durant and TJ Warren to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Mikal Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four unprotected future first round picks. This move undoubtedly shifts the landscape of the NBA, pairing Durant with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix as the organization looks to secure its first championship in franchise history. From one Western Conference team to another, the Los Angeles Lakers have bolstered their roster in a big way following LeBron James' historic night on Tuesday. LeBron James became the league's all-time leading scorer, passing Lakers legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who held the record for 38 years with 38,387 career points. Despite passing Jabbar's record, the Lakers were defeated by a young Oklahoma City Thunder Team 133-130. to With that being said, General Manager Rob Palenka had seen enough failure, subsequently finalizing a three-team deal to acquire former Laker guard D'Angelo Russell, along with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt in a trade involving eight players. Los Angeles and the Lakers will send Russell Westbrook, Damian Jones, Juan Toscano Anderson, and a top four protected first round pick in 2029 to the Utah Jazz. For Utah, the Jazz send Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker to Minnesota, along with three future first round picks. This trade came just hours before Durant was sent to Phoenix, as the battle for the Western Conference title just became much more intriguing. Switching to the NFL, let's break down the NFL honors recipients with just a little over 24 hours until Super Bowl 57 between Philadelphia and Kansas City. Your MVP for the 2022 season? No surprise here, Kansas City's own Patrick Mahomes. Your Coach of the Year award goes to Brian Dable of the New York Giants, leading a 4-13 squad to a 9-7-1 record, clinching their first playoff berth since 2016. Offensive player of the year goes to the star wide receiver in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson. Defensive player of the year goes to the man in San Francisco. He led the league in sacks for a reason with 18 and a half, Nick Bosa. Comeback player of the year goes to the man who never wrote himself out, but everyone else did. Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Geno Smith. And for offensive and defensive rookie of the year, well, it's a Jets sweep. Offensive rookie of the year goes to Jets wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, while defensive rookie of the year goes to Ahmad Sauce Gardner. And finally, taking a look at the NCAA level, the Rowan Profs men's basketball team's 15-0 undefeated record in conference play has finally been tarnished. This past Wednesday, Rowan traveled to Jersey City for a battle with NJCU, losing on two straight three-pointers in the span of the final five seconds. NJCU and their come from behind victory has since gone viral, placing number one on ESPN's SportsCenter Top 10 Thursday morning. After losing on an improbable half court buzzer beater, let's see how the number 23 ranked profs respond to their first NJAC loss of the season. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan with your news from around the sports world.
5: Megan Steckler with your roan Report Business Update. The IRS is proposing a new program for employers whose workers earn tips. The tax agency opened a 60-day public comment period this week on what would be a voluntary program. Participating employers would have to submit an annual report to improve what the IRS calls tip reporting compliance. This would reduce the need for compliance reviews by the IRS. The public comment period ends May 7th. A top Federal Reserve official is warning of higher interest rates for a longer period of time. Lisa Taylor has more.
2: Fed Governor Christopher Waller issued that warning at the Arkansas State University Agribusiness Conference. The central bank has been continuously raising interest rates to fight soaring inflation, and Waller said it might be a long fight. However, he added, the job will be accomplished no matter what it takes. I'm Lisa Taylor
5: web browser opera is planning to integrate ChatGPT into its products the beijing-based company did not offer any timing or whether the functions would be available across all of opera's products which include desktop and mobile browsers for ios and android the announcement comes as microsoft and google this week revealed plans to incorporate artificial intelligence chatbot technology into their own search engines americans will spend big on valentine's day The National Retail Federation expects consumers to shell out nearly $26 billion on the holiday this year. That works out to an average of about $193 per person for flowers, cards, candy, and other gifts for friends, loved ones, and even coworkers. It's also about 20 bucks more than last year's average. A separate report by WalletHub finds almost one in five Americans think it's okay to use a credit card to pay for that special Valentine's Day gift. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's
6: time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Legendary composer Burt Bacharach is dead at the age of 94. Bacharach created material for artists such as Tom Jones and Dusty Springfield. He won six Grammys as an arranger, writer, and performer. His publicist said he died of natural causes in Los Angeles. Nearly five years after South Florida rapper XXXTentacion was gunned down, the three men charged with his murder are on trial. Prosecutors say Michael Boatwright, Trayvon Newsom, and Dedrick Williams plotted to rob someone on June 18, 2018, and then ambush the rapper. The defense is also telling jurors gang involvement and possibly a feud with a fellow rapper Drake could have led to XXXTentacion's murder. A fourth suspect is expected to testify against the three after pleading guilty to second-degree murder. Lawyers for Alec Baldwin are hoping to disqualify the special prosecutor from the fatal shooting case on the Rust set in New Mexico. In a new filing, Baldwin's attorneys argue special prosecutor Andrea Reeb shouldn't be overseeing the case because she was also elected to New Mexico House of Representatives in November. They contend this is unconstitutional under New Mexico law because she's also a state lawmaker, which represents a separation of powers violation. Baldwin was recently charged with involuntary manslaughter in connection with the 2021 death of Rustin cinematographer Helena Hutchins. Michael Jackson's estate is preparing to make a massive deal for half his catalog. TMZ reports MJ's estate is considered selling 50% interest for nearly $900 million. There appears to be talk of a sale happening between the estate and Sony, which was Jackson's long-term label. If actualized, it would be the biggest deal ever in the music catalog market, even for only 50% of the rights. Beyoncé is now the top Grammy winner of all time. She took home four awards during Sunday's ceremony to bring her career total to 32. She topped the record of late classical conductor Georg Soli, who took home 31 Grammys between 1963 and 1998. I'm Karina Cologne and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio.
1: And that wraps up this week's edition of The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day.
2: You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM.